Hey everybody, welcome back. It's your favorite pair of brothers, me and Justin. And we're here to talk about some more stuff we enjoy. Today, uh, we're going to be discussing our most anticipated movies and TV shows for the upcoming 2023 uh, calendar year. Which I guess is, is not upcoming as we are already you know 19 days into into the new year. Feels crazy that we're in 2023 already, but um, there's a lot of really good stuff on the horizon in terms of viewing entertainment for this year, uh, both on the on the big screen and the little screen. Um, and I know we mostly talk about Marvel, so we are going to go through our uh, most anticipated Marvel projects for the upcoming year. But we are also going to talk about our most anticipated non-Marvel projects because there is. Uh, there are quite a few movies coming out this year um, that I we, I can't recommend highly enough. Obviously, they could be terrible. Uh, we haven't seen them yet. Nobody has. But these are movies and shows that we're looking forward to greatly and hope they're going to be great this year. So um, without much further ado, uh, let's get into our, our list of most anticipated non-Marvel properties films i think they're all gonna be movies um there may be some tv show seasons before the the recording started we were looking up um a couple shows that we know are getting multiple uh extra seasons and Mm -hmm. hopefully they will come this year but without a firm release date we can't include anything so um stuff like the next rick and morty season stuff like the next invincible season um obviously we we look forward to that but Without a rock solid release date guaranteeing it's going to come out this year, uh, we will leave those off our list for now. And Invincible might be a uh, that might age very poorly because uh, apparently the trailer for it is supposed to drop uh, tomorrow as of this recording. So by the time anybody's listening to us, there might be a um, hard release date for Invincible season two, but. Mm-hmm. That's for tomorrow, so we'll give it and an honorable say, mention before we get started. But I will say, uh, if uh, if Invincible does come out season two this year, for sure, it's easily in my top five personally. Oh no, it's question. easily my most anticipated TV series. Uh, Same. So season two, unbelievable. There's this dude at work. I've been trying to get him to watch it the whole time because he watches The Boys and he loves it. And I'm like, dude, if you like The Boys, you're gonna like Invincible. And uh, he watched the first episode, and he said it was too confusing, so he didn't watch. And I was like, "Bro, dude, <laughs> that's tough." But it's all good. Uh, well, yeah, Invincible. Um, I'll stop talking about it because I do want to get into our list here. But man, if y'all haven't seen Invincible, and you like the superhero genre, but you like it a little bit more hardcore than uh, what Marvel gives you, Invincible is right up your alley. It's based on a a uh, comic book that came out 20 years ago. It's a real thick comic book, might I add. And yeah, the show has just been incredible so far. Um, after its first season, it was a hit. It came out on Prime uh, a couple years ago and been eagerly waiting the second season ever since. But oh, yeah. enough about Invincible. Let's uh, let's get into our top five here. Um, and this and is so in no particular the, order. Yes. We'll uh, say that off the bat. We'll put he- yes. more emphasis on the ones that we're more excited about, but since this is a uh, collaborative list between the two of us, this is going to be more just overall the top five, and maybe Steve and I can each give an indication which are 
most favorite is when we get to it for the upcoming year. Yes. So, so I'll actually I can I can indicate that right off the bat because my most anticipated movie for this year is Dune Part Two. Uh, should be coming sometime like late summer or the fall. Um, it actually might be in the Christmas slate, but I don't think that's correct. Um, but yeah, Dune Part Two, the follow up to last year's Dune from Denis Villeneuve, um, one of the great film directors of our time. Honestly, uh, if you guys haven't aren't familiar with uh, Denis' work, um, he has just put out hit after hit after hit. Um, every single movie he's made has been absolutely like a, a complete masterpiece. Mm-hmm. And he handled the first part of Dune brilliantly, I thought, um, for a fantasy sci-fi series that was once considered unfilmable. Um, he did a, a spectacular job drawing us into the world of Arrakis and the the galaxy that Dune takes place in. And it was just such a visual treat um, from start to finish that I, I think everybody's expecting more of the same in part two. And yeah, uh, obviously it has to finish up where the story left off in, in part one, as it was, you know, a, a cliffhanger with the heading out into the desert with uh, the Fremen uh, after the Harkonnen attack on the capital city. But yeah, I I am so excited for this movie. I cannot wait for Dune Part Two. Yeah, well that uh that will not let us keep anyone in suspense much longer because that's also my number one most anticipated movie. So, uh, most anticipated non-Marvel. I'll specify, um, because there's just one Marvel movie that I'm more excited for. But uh, other than that, yeah, this is my second most ex- anticipated overall movie, uh, and definitely my most anticipated non-marvel movie uh so i just gotta check on that the release date is set for november 3rd of this year so just around thanksgiving time um so yeah the first one just looked so amazing all the you know the giant sandworms and the battles were epic and amazing and it's a bummer we won't get to see um duncan idaho anymore uh jason momoa killed it as its role and uh, it's unfortunate. He went out like a gangster, though. He did. He was a G. Uh, so that'll be a bit of a bummer, uh, as will, you know, Leto Atreides being gone as well. So a couple of the big characters that I really liked from the first one are not going to be there, but I'm really excited to see what happens. And it's possible. I've heard rumblings. It might just be a rumor. I don't know if it's true. We might get more than two minutes of Zendaya's character. Maybe it'll be more than was in the trailer. <laughs> so... <laughs> We'll yeah, see. I know a lot of people were were not happy with that in part one, where she uh, was such a big part of the marketing, and then was oh, yeah. was barely in it. Um, oh yeah, no, it's I good. have to imagine <laughs> she's going to play a significant role at the very least, if not yeah. one of the main characters. Um, oh yeah, in part two. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Doom didn't sweep the Oscars like I kind of wanted it to. <laughs> it was never um, going, but to. it did win. It did win a bunch of yeah. awards. Um, from the academy and obviously from a bunch of other uh mm-hmm. you know award ceremony type things uh as well so yeah yeah uh i am expecting more of the same with you know a, a obviously well written story a great adaptation from a beloved series mm-hmm. and obviously incredible visuals and sound um 
on top of you know great performances from a great cast i mean there there was absolutely nothing that left me wanting more yeah uh in in doom part one other than more of the same um yeah agree there was nothing that like left me at the end of the movie being like oh i wish they had done this better or you know change that but mm-hmm. it just made me want part two like immediately and i can absolutely tell that in the future this is going to be like a, a a marathon seems probably the wrong word because it's only going to be two movies for you know the, the first book here mm-hmm. but i can absolutely see this being like a you know lord of the rings-esque type day where you're like all right we're gonna sit down and we're gonna watch dune part one and two and it's gonna be yeah. epic yeah it's i mean especially now because they're gonna be out in the desert for pretty much the whole movie it seems and so we're gonna get way more of the world outside of just inside the city we're gonna get way more of the worms i hope and uh hopefully get some i don't know their hints at the fremen's interactions with the worms which i won't speculate on because i don't know how much that is like public knowledge or not but uh it's going to be pretty sick seeing uh seeing our boy paul learn how to be a fremen so yeah we're excited about that one what's next uh up next is my number two most anticipated movie and i'm going down the list here because i'm looking at a ranking that i made myself so i know we said before that they're not going to be in the same order and they're different for each of us but you know what? I'm I'm giving the list here, so I'm, I'm go telling the story. <laughs> I'm telling the story. Uh, my next most anticipated movie for 2023 is Mission Impossible Seven: uh, Dead Reckoning Part One. So we already know that Mission Impossible Eight and probably Nine are on the way. Mm-hmm. Um, man, Mission Impossible! Talk about a series that has just exploded over. You know, the last, I don't know how many, 10 years, we'll say. Um, I think Rogue Nation uh, came out in, in 14. Mm-hmm. Um, Mission Impossible, you know, everybody knows the the iconic scene in the first one where Tom Cruise is, you know, hanging from cables in, in the CIA, like secret computer room, trying not to touch the floor. The, the moisture from his nose, like the sweat is just dripping off, about to touch and set off the sensors. Um, the first one's iconic, um, despite being very dated as you look at it now. Like they're trying to get a floppy disk <laughs> uh, as the main piece of tech, and like obviously that has been outdated and and not useful or relevant technology for years now. Um, the second one is the most mid-action movie I've ever seen in my life. It has the it is chock full to the brim of cheesy early 2000s action tropes complete with like long-haired tom cruise with goofy shades and way overextended slow motion sequences um second one i think is everybody's least favorite in the franchise uh the third one is like a sneaky good movie um i think it gets one of the best uh villain performances out of philip seymour hoffman r.i.p um in the whole franchise and then the new trilogy that have come out recently, you know, and I say trilogy because there's only been three, but obviously the the seventh and eighth movies will be kind of part of the same storyline um, of Rogue Nation, Ghost Protocol, and uh, Fallout. These have all been absolute bangers and have kind of catapulted Mission Impossible franchise to the top of pop culture. 
um, each one improving on the last with amazing action sequences, like incredible fight choreography. Um, obviously, Tom Cruise doing all his own stunts just gives an incredible amount of credibility to like all the action sequences that go on when you know he has to like hold his breath for an insane amount of time. Uh, you know he's actually doing it. They did that crazy stunt in Dubai, um, and then in Fallout, he's like hanging off a helicopter uh, with a bomb strapped to it. Like for Mission Impossible, at this point, it's kind of where they want to go as far as one-upping their previous stunts. Um, but it's a little bit different than uh, another movie that's on our list, and we'll get to later, where Mission Impossible has not jumped the shark. Uh, each of these movies has just been complete quality uh, after the other, you know, following two. And I'm really excited to see where Ethan Hunt, uh, Tom Cruise's character, and, you know, the the IMF go um, in the future. Fallout seemed to sort of wrap up a couple story threads, but obviously there's a lot more mm-hmm. story to tell. Um, and man, Mission Impossible, like, Tom Cruise, what can you say about him? The dude just puts out absolute mega hits like top gun maverick this past year uh and mission impossible 7 and probably 8 i would not be surprised at all if both these mission impossible movies end up in uh you know like the top all-time grossing movies um yeah as well yeah i mean tom cruise might be the last like i don't know what the word for it is but like super action star I mean, if you yeah, think I would about, say he's like a mega super action star. Like, yeah, you can't like put if, enough superlatives on it. Exactly, but if you think about action stars that can sell a movie to a billion or close to a billion dollars just off of them being in it, pretty much. That's not attached to like the MCU or some mega franchise. Like, obviously, Mission Impossible is a franchise, but it's fully built off of his back, pretty much. Um, like, maybe The Rock, but. Not really. Like, I can't think of anybody else other than Tom Cruise that, like, when I see he is in a big new action movie, I'm like, I need to see that. And Mission Impossible is honestly... You look like you're going to say something. Yeah, it's honestly disrespectful that you just compared Tom Cruise to The Rock in any way. Well, no. Uh, I, Tom I mean, obviously, is a actor. Obviously, <laughs> Tom Cruise the, the, is a way better the actor. Rock gets, the Rock gets his flowers. He's definitely improved, uh, you know, from the Scorpion King there's basically nowhere to go but up right but yeah uh like tom cruise puts butts in the seats no no question about yeah, it obviously and i think probably the closest comparison is like arnold or stallone back in the 80s but it's been a long long time since name recognition alone you know sold a movie but tom cruise is absolutely on that level and i think you're right that he's kind of the only one there at this point yeah i mean that's what i was that's what i was saying <laughs> Obviously, I'm not saying that The Rock is nearly as good an actor or makes nearly as good movies as Tom Cruise does, um, but I'm just thinking of actors with big enough brands to be known as like a Tom Cruise movie, like a rock movie, uh, you know, whatever. Because there's, you know, there's plenty of action guys, you know, Jason Statham, um, Bruce Willis, not as much. Obviously, those guys are a bit older at this point, but like, it's not even, not even close. And so. Um, Tom Cruise is just a guy that like, I don't know, he doesn't even seem like he puts out that many movies. Um, but when he does, it's, you know, that there's been a ton of work, a ton of care put into them and that like he makes movies cause he wants them to be entertaining and he wants them to be done right. 
And I don't know exactly like the amount of creative control that he has as an actor over some of the movies, but it seems like he only picks ones that are awesome. I don't know. <laughs> you look like you, yeah. What do you got to say? Yeah. So, so I, I can add a little bit of insight because I know Tom Cruise is like executive producer on the mission impossible franchise. Like he mm-hmm. basically revived it by himself. Um, after, you know, some of the earlier ones weren't quite as successful, namely two and three. And he did the same thing with Top Gun where he was like basically in charge of everything because you're right. Like he wants to create quality entertainment. He's obscenely rich. He's clearly not in it for the money at this point. Yeah. And, you know, with him doing all his own stunts and all the injuries he's sustained over the years, um, you know, I'm, uh, there's that famous clip um, from, I think the fourth mission impossible, but it may have been the fifth um, where he's like leaping between rooftops and he like breaks his ankle on one take. Uh, because he, you know, didn't hit the building properly, and that's yeah. like the take that they ended up using. But he clearly he lays, lays his body on the line for stunts that no sane person would do to create an entertaining spectacle for the audience to watch. And yeah. there's really not any other people you could say that about uh, in the industry right now. Yeah, and it's not even just the stunts. Like I don't know, they're just always entertaining. And so I'm so excited to see this one. Mission Impossible is a franchise that I always kind of forget about because it's usually a bit of a a gap in between entries. Um, And that's just a good thing, it seems, just historically looking at it. Like, I kind of forget about it until the next one comes out and then I'm super hyped for it. Not because I don't like them or they're easily forgettable. You know, there's just a bit of a gap between them. And with the amount of other... Um, franchises that are just constantly pushing out new stuff and new stuff and new stuff i mean this will be the seventh entry in like i don't know 20 25 years up at this point something like that yeah Um, first one came out in uh, 95 so it's yeah it's almost 30 years years. yeah almost 30 years at this point so um yeah they don't come out frequently but when they do it's always worth going to see in theaters so i'm very excited for this one but we should probably absolutely would rather have you know time between quality entries than just pumping out garbage after garbage like transformers for example yeah. um but exactly yeah let's uh let's get into our next one and this is sort of in a similar vein for me um of a highly anticipated action movie and um we're gonna have a little bit of a discussion about this one because you actually have not seen two of the prior entries in this franchise which blew my mind a little bit that you haven't but um the, the next movie on my list is John Wick Chapter 4, which we've gotten trailers for already and is releasing in March. So it's coming up real quick. And John Wick and Mission Impossible, to me, go hand in hand. Mission Impossible obviously has the longevity and the pedigree, um, but John Wick, with the three entries they've had so far, have just been complete stellar action movies. Um, those two franchises, for me, are the two best action franchises of all time at this point. Um, and I think with their next entries, they're only going to improve on their legacy. Um, Keanu Reeves as the titular character has just been like a perfect casting of like a stoic, um, you know, retired hitman who was forced back into the game in chapter one and everything that he does in that first movie leads directly into two, which leads directly into three, um, it has some of the most inventive fight scenes I think I've ever seen, especially in three. Like the first, I don't know, 30 to 40 minutes of chapter three are just like going directly scene to scene to scene of like different fights. It's nonstop action and it all is so choreographed impeccably well that 
there are so many moments that I'm just like, oh, like I, you can feel the impact and like he'll just do something super cool. Um, but like it's not quite to the point of like a you know superhuman ability. Obviously, he's doing things that normal people can't do, but it doesn't stretch the imagination to the point where like you couldn't believe that something like this is happening. Uh, for the most part, there's you know a couple scenes, but um, yeah, I, I John Wick is just like a thrill ride that I never want to get off because like they could make these movies infinitely, and I would enjoy watching them. So uh, for me, John Wick Chapter Four um, takes my third spot, but it's very close between that and Mission Impossible. I would say I I think I, I'm looking forward to them both equally. Oh yeah, and I'm excited for it. I obviously haven't, like you alluded to, I haven't seen two and three yet, and yes, I'm a terrible person for that, but, you know, it's how it is. Life of a reviewer is tough, you know? We can't get to everything, and uh, I love the first one. It was amazing, and uh, I've wanted to watch the second and the third ones for so long, and just knowing that there's another one to look forward to gets me excited, and I just like going for the big action movies. I mean, I'm kind of a sucker for that especially when it comes to going to the theater. And um, yeah, I'm excited to see actually well-choreographed combat. Um, obviously, one of my favorite franchises, the MCU, has a ton of combat in it, but it's so much CGI. It's so unbelievable. It a lot of times just devolves into really quick camera cuts or just lasers shooting at each other, which means that it's not always like very interesting to watch the fight scenes and so i have a lot of respect and uh, really anticipate the action movies that can deliver actually like good action and uh i've just heard nothing but the fact that john wick is the top of the top when it comes to that and so yeah i'm just i'm excited to see it one of my favorite um movies favorite action movies ever was uh the raid which i think came back in like the early 2010s 2012 or something like that and uh steve's giving me fist pumps right now it's a it's a movie that like it's all in chinese and so it's dubbed and the plot is literally non-existent it's just people fighting to get to the top of a building and even with that it's like some of the most amazing like hand-to-hand combat and things you've ever seen and john wick one was the movie that gave me the closest feeling to that uh, just with the intensity action, the amount of like up close hand to hand stuff, which obviously he uses guns and stuff too, but you know, a lot of it is really close range action. Um, and so if, you know, if two and three and four are anything like the first one, <laughs> four is going to be amazing. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to this one. I, I know I just got to watch two and three before then, just got HBO Max. My buddy hooked me up. Shout out, Sam. I know you're a big listener of the pod. So <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll make good use of that before going to see uh C4 in theaters. Yeah, I got to add a quick sidebar about the raid um duology, I guess you would call it. Uh the first one is called The Raid Redemption, which seems like a subtitle for like the second movie in a franchise, but the second one is just called The Raid 2. Um even though there's no raid going on. Uh yeah, like you said the story is like paper thin. It, the first one is about, you know, a police squad um, fighting their way up uh, a drug, like a slum lord's, um, like, high-rise building full of his, you know, minions, basically. And, man, I 
I I can't necessarily put these on par with like Mission Impossible or John Wick because I think the writing and story in both the franchises is significantly better than in the raid. But man, if you're just looking for some like nonstop action all the way through, like please go check these out. They are um Indonesian films, so uh the you're gonna get a dubbed version, so the dialogue is, you know, it, it does obviously doesn't match up with what the characters like lips are saying. And, you know, it, it comes across a little goofy sometimes, but like you will not find fight choreography better anywhere on the planet than in the two raid movies. Like go check those out if you can. Those are like, I cannot recommend those highly enough. They're incredible. Yeah. Um and, and the dudes ever, from there if they're the dudes from that ended up playing one, uh in uh The Force Awakens too. <laughs> they were yeah. some of the uh the space pirates that Han was running from. Yeah. Uh the the, I don't remember the names. The raid cast um, has also makes an appearance in John Wick franchise. If you that mild spoilers, but um, yeah, uh, the the prowess of the the martial arts abilities of these uh, raid actors is like just off the charts. So I mean, that's uh, again, I tried to make a quick sidebar because there's not a third one coming out. There probably will never be a third one coming out, um, but. Like if you're into action movies at all, like you have to go check these out. These are like defining martial arts films. Um, but enough about that. Let's uh, let's get to the next on the list. And uh, <laughs> for me, we'll, we're getting off the action uh, movie train for just a little bit here, and um, going to uh, the well. I there probably will be some action in it, but I I seriously doubt it. It's um. Oppenheimer, uh, the new film from Christopher Nolan coming out this summer, mm-hmm. starring uh, Killian Murphy of uh, Batman Begins and Peaky Blinders fame as the titular Robert J. Oppenheimer. Um, this movie will, you know, follow the Manhattan Project as the U.S. develops nuclear powers, um, you know, uh, during World War II, and we'll see where it ends up. But I. We were talking earlier about you know name recognition for actors being a big draw to the box office, and mm-hmm. I think it's a little bit different for directors because um, there are definitely certain directors where I know that I'm going to go see it. Like I mentioned uh, Villeneuve earlier uh, for Dune, Tarantino for me. Tarantino will always get me in the theater, uh, and Nolan will absolutely get me in the theater as well. Um, a lot of people were kind of iffy on Tenet, which was his last film, but. Oppenheimer's getting a lot of buzz and looks incredible from the snippets I've seen so far. So that's my number four for this this upcoming year. Yeah, I'm really curious to see the angle that this movie takes. Uh, I haven't seen, I don't know if there's any trailers out. If so, I'm not going to watch them. I haven't seen any up till now, only like still shots from the movie. And uh, Oppenheimer is one of the most, I don't know, interesting, tragic, like humans in recent history polarizing yeah yeah. polarizing tragic like characters of the last you know recent history of of what you call modern times i guess um like i don't even know where to begin with him as a as a person and a, a i guess a character in history um because there's so many philosophical questions about like morality and 
you know, duty to science, duty to country, duty to just like the human species um, and where that all falls. Because it's like, realistically, if he didn't help, I don't know if he's like fully attributed with developing nukes. I know like Einstein was working on them too and like whole teams and stuff. And he gets like most of the credit. Um, but like if he didn't, they still would have, eventually they would have made it anyway, right? And so, especially when it's in a race against other countries, um, you know, Japan, Russia, during World War II, um, or not Russia during World War II, but later down the line, obviously we had uh, nuclear tiffs with Russia, uh, scares, I guess, uh, Germany, I meant to say Germany. Um, obviously other superpowers were also trying to develop weapons of mass destruction to some degree uh and so it's like the moral question of do you push there at all is it is it right to still push there when the enemy is trying to kill you through the same means um like is it is it morally right to fight on the same level that they're willing to if you're able to just get there faster and then protect your people, protect your family. Like it's, it's such an interesting question because obviously nuclear, the nuclear age has opened up so many terrible doors, uh, that there's just no going back from at this point in human history. And, um, to know, like to live your life knowing that you were responsible for that. Cause he got to see plenty of the fallout, no pun intended, um, from that. And, it's just like, like a lot of people do things in history that have crazy consequences, terrible consequences, but you know, they die and never get to see them. Uh, and Oppenheimer is a guy that like got to see, not literally firsthand, obviously he wasn't there when the bombs were dropped, but got to see the fallout. And, uh, like, I'm really curious to see if this will be like how much of it will be him reflecting back on it like post um World War 2 and how much of it will be just the development leading up to it and if he has struggles or questions cuz I don't know a whole lot about his like personal life um but yeah I'm just fascinated to see and the fact that uh, an awesome director like Christopher Nolan is is taking this um who's done a, lo- a good number of like pretty serious heavy movies that really hit you in like moral areas right really make you question what is right and what is wrong um yeah i'm really really curious to see kind of what this movie is and like i don't know i'm sure i'm gonna walk out of it not like excited but i think it's gonna be one that will stick with everyone um who goes to see it yeah it'll be very interesting to see kind of the light that they paint oppenheimer in whether you know he's like basically the protagonist or antagonist of the movie depending on the point of view right so yeah i'm just super excited to see what this movie ends up looking like i'm sure it'll be visually stunning as per all of nolan's films um but yeah this is this is coming this summer and um like i said nolan will always get me in the theater so um, that plus the subject material is is absolutely drawn me into this one um Mm -hmm. And then we'll get to my number five most anticipated movie of 2023 that is not Marvel related. Uh, And this is 
the 10th entry in the Fast and Furious franchise. Uh, Fast X, I think it's Fast 10, I think it's yeah. called. And which, then I think technically all, this is going to be part one. I think there's going to be a part two of 10 in a couple years or whatever. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, but uh, first of all, let me just get this out of the way. Uh, huge missed opportunity by not naming it Fast 10, your seatbelts. Like, they've gone back and forth with naming stuff throughout this franchise. Like, it makes no sense. Like, you have Fast and Furious. You have Too Fast, Too Furious. You have Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. Uh, Fast and I Furious. I almost just spit out my water. Then you have <laughs> Fast Five. Then you have, like, they, they, they're they not following any pattern. So just name these what you want. Fast 10, your seatbelts would absolutely get people in the theater. Like, I think only one of them. Take advantage of that. I think Fate of the Furious was the only one. Along with Too Fast, Too Furious, that's actually like a pun, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They've already done it in, for other entries. Like it's like random. Every every five, nine, and it's like every six good. entries. So when they get up to fourteen, then they'll then they'll be able to do it. Yeah, I guess so. But the Fast yeah. and the fourteen, it I don't know something like that. <laughs> when they get up to there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like, and this is what I was alluding to earlier, talking about the Mission Impossible, like Fast franchise has long since jumped the shark like the fourth entry in the in the series probably even sooner than that it like went completely off the rails like they went from in the first one being thieves that like stole vcrs mm -hmm. to now they're like essentially superheroes like government oh, yeah. like super soldiers that can live through anything uh just as long as they have their cool cars and man i couldn't give a rip about any of the story like it means nothing to me but there's not a better, like, just turn your brain off and sit down with some popcorn franchise than the Fast uh, series, in my opinion. Like, you'll just see some of the most ridiculous, like, mind-bogglingly stupid, <laughs> physically impossible stunts um, that you'll ever think of in your life. Uh, mm -hmm. I know you haven't seen Nine, so I'm not going to spoil it. But Nine, like, <laughs> they... Be, they they do some stuff that just like had me literally laughing out loud in the theater for extended mm -hmm. time. Like I don't, I don't remember the last movie that I saw that you know wasn't just like a comedy that just made me enjoy being in the theater for that long. Like mm -hmm. I, it was such a good time, completely turned my brain off and you know watched some goofy stuff happen, and then at the end just gather around with the family for a Corona and everything's fine. Like oh yeah, obviously man, I'm looking forward to to just seeing to what heights they can push this absurd franchise. And mm -hmm. like I mentioned earlier for Mission Impossible, like you want to see what they're going to do to one-up themselves. Um, but those are like quality stunts. Like Fast 10, I'm expecting just complete absurdity from start to finish, and I'm going to love every second of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, dude. I mean, I haven't seen 9 yet just because uh, I was living in South Africa when it came out, and last year i guess technically two years ago now because it's 23 and uh everything was shut down because of covid and so all the theaters were shut down and by the time i got back it was no longer in theaters um and then i started the long process of watching through the whole series with uh, julia our sister and we've been watching one every three months two months or something like that and so it's Another taking quite a while pod. shout out jules yeah shout out jules homie out there uh, but yeah, we've been watching through them together and it's taken, you know, a year 
plus at this point. And so I was like, you know what, I'm just going to hold off, experience it for the first time with her because it's been so funny, like knowing everything crazy that's going to happen, watching with her and just seeing her reaction. Like she pretty much wanted to quit after uh, <laughs> after six <laughs> um, just because she was like, this is too ridiculous. And I was like, are you bailing on me? She's like, well, obviously not, but <laughs> I can't do this anymore. And I was like, that's exactly what this franchise makes you feel and it's amazing and uh you always are like this is so stupid i can't believe i'm watching this but also the biggest smile ever is on your face at the same time and uh the the one-liners are so cheesy and so stupid like half the characters only exist to give one-liners that don't even like make sense in conversation <laughs> half the time tyrese gibson for sure um like half the time the conversations don't even make sense it but like the characters all have such good chemistry with each other you can tell that they're all just like best buds outside of of like within the story just the actors are just having a great time uh it's it's yeah it's just such a fun atmosphere and obviously the action is nonsensical and hilarious and so uh this franchise just keeps getting bigger and bigger and i don't i don't see them ever getting too big and ridiculous for me to enjoy you know and so i'm very oh, excited no. to see uh what the heck 10 is like so another one i gotta finish yeah. before um then but julie and i are cranking these out more recently so i can't wait to wrap up nine and head straight to 10 and then yeah 10.5 no, whenever that comes out you you put it perfectly like you're watching especially since like four um like you're watching these and you're just like this is so dumb the dialogue is terrible. Like nothing makes sense. Everything they're doing is completely unfathomable, and I love it. And you're just watching with a complete cheesy grin on your face. Like these are some of the best guilty pleasure movies I think there are uh, out there. Um, I know plenty of people who will poo-poo the franchise as you know just not entertaining or just super stupid. And I'm like, yeah. It's very stupid, and you have to lean into it and just enjoy it for what it is. That's um, the point. <laughs> exactly. Like, exactly. And uh, oh. I actually went to see Fast 9 with somebody who had, like, never seen any of the other ones. And they are like, I don't, like, this was so dumb. I didn't like it at all. And I'm like, well, yeah, you have to, like, ramp up to the absurdity. You have to see oh, yeah. how they slowly go from vcr thieves to drifting like avengers basically yeah yeah it's 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 a interesting journey that the fast family goes on uh from one through nine and yeah i'm just excited to see what new ridiculousness they come up with for for 10 so yeah i mean fast speaking 10, of big dumb movies dude you're talking about transformers transformers also has a new movie coming out this year could not care oh, less about it dude, but transformers has been garbage since the first yeah. one came out the first one is so, watchable bumblebee is is probably the best in the franchise even though mm -hmm. it's not technically like in the transformers like main yeah, main line series but two through i don't know how many they made now five to six ones coming out like they're all trash but like they horrible. make like a billion dollars every because time people are dumb okay yeah but that's Listen. that's a curious question for another time why something dumb and cheesy and big action works in one franchise not that we're not going to get into that because that'll be a long conversation but what i'm saying is what fast needs to do next is do the crossover of the century they need to have the squad 
riding in Transformers as cars. They need... I want to see Vin Diesel riding... Oh. <laughs> I was about to say I want to see him riding Optimus Prime, and then I realized that's something else, so... I don't want to see. We're that. leaving that in. We're leaving. I'm editing this side of the episode. I don't want to say. I caught it before I said it. But I want to see them uh, cruising around with the Transformers, and uh, I, I can't think of any other bigger way to go. So you know. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, no, but, that'd be absolutely oh, insane to see the Fast Family roll up with Optimus Prime. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. that'd be incredible. Oh, I absolutely. am fully on board with this, and they should absolutely join oh. forces and just make the most ridiculous, over-the-top, goofy movie. Oh yeah. Uh, that they can mm-hmm. think of like that would be that would be so entertaining be but yeah so that'll do it for the uh the top five here non-marvel mm-hmm. films that we are anticipating for uh this year um so that again just to recap that'll be dune part two mission impossible dead reckoning part one uh john wick chapter four mm-hmm. oppenheimer and fast 10 um a lot of franchises in here and i'm, I'm sure we'll you know, end up seeing a bunch of original films that uh, Oppenheimer. come out. Well, yeah, you know, obviously yeah. Oppenheimer is the one exception, but um, there will, I'm sure, will be plenty of original films that come out this year that you know I'll like more than some on this list. But um, the franchise to this point, like, have gotten me interested in the future installments, which yeah. is why they're on my most uh, anticipated list. So, and realistically. Most movies that come out now are part of some franchise or another. It's rare when there's a big budget. Well, yeah, you need the, the name you know, recognition movie. in order to, to sell yeah. tickets. So, yeah, uh, yeah, it's a sad truth of the industry at this point. But um, but it's still the truth. Yes. <laughs> so. uh, well, let's get into our uh, Marvel list here. Yeah. And I say Marvel and not MCU because uh, first on the list for both of us, I think, is yeah. Across the Spider-Verse, um, the sequel to... Uh, into the spider-verse yeah. which is the best spider-man movie to ever come out I, yes maybe that sounds blasphemous to some of y'all after no way home but into the spider-verse is a perfect movie um yeah one of the most visually unique and interesting films i've ever seen um mm-hmm. perfect voice casting a well-written story with heart and like it uh, incredible characters and you know you get attached to miles right away um you really relate to him uh with everything he's going through and like i just being able to bring in just a complete ridiculous unique collection of characters mm-hmm. of these versions of spider-man from across the multiverse um like the noir spider-man uh voiced by nick cage in in into the spider-verse um is one of my favorite characters ever. He's just oh, yeah. so funny, despite his, you know, a few lines of dialogue. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I mean, I, this is a movie that absolutely left me wanting more of the same after oh, seeing yeah. it for the first time. And I'm so glad they're making a sequel. I, this is one of the few things that Sony actually gets right with their mm-hmm. superhero uh, properties. And again, like I can't speak uh, the praises of Into the Spider Verse highly enough. Um, yeah. For me, that movie is absolutely a ten out of ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's nothing I would change about it. And every time I'm like scrolling on TV and it's playing, I immediately just stop what I'm yeah. doing and I watch it. Um, it's so I, good, and I'm pumped for the sequel. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is a movie for me that's carried fully on the weight of the first one because I have no idea what the second one is about, or I know that there's going to be 
more Spider-Men of different universes together, I'm sure. Uh, but other than that, I don't know what it's about. I don't know really anything about it, except that it's a sequel to the first one. And unfortunately, I was kind of hoping that they were going to do a bit of a crossover and make this uh, Spider-Man into the Morbin-verse. But, you know, it is what it is. And <laughs> uh, no, obviously, I'm just so stoked for this. I mean, I, I was thinking while you were saying, because you said it's your favorite Spider-Man movie and is just the best Spider-Man movie. There's no doubt in my mind that I agree with you on that. The the first one into the Spider-Verse. Um, and my, I, I immediately started thinking this might be one of my top superhero movies period uh i think right now this probably slots in at number four maybe five uh like the the fur into the spider verse the only movies the only superhero movies that i can think of that are for sure um higher for me than into the spider verse are the dark knight logan and infinity war and it's possible that the first spider verse is number four for me like out of all superhero movies that i've ever seen um and I'm trying. I'm trying to think if that's like an over exaggeration, and I don't think so. Um, it's just so good. It doesn't rely on a whole universe to build it up. I mean, obviously, everyone has their knowledge of Spider-Man going into it, but it sells tells such a compelling story about both Peter Parker, um, who's kind of the out of shape, kind of down on his luck version of himself, learning to become a hero again. And then obviously Miles Morales um, having to deal with like his uncle being the prowler and like him having powers and learning to have to be a hero. And like the scene where he does his jump just off the, the skyscraper and just like accepts himself as Spider-Man is like one of the sickest scenes. And the animation, when I first saw the trailer for this, for Into the Spider-Verse, I was like, I can't watch this whole, I can't watch a whole movie with this, it's going to give me a headache, and then I actually watched the movie, and I was like, this is the most beautiful animation I've ever seen, and so I can't wait for that style to be back, um, I'm, I'm so excited to, I mean, all the characters from the first one pretty much are going to be back in this one, and so, um, yeah, it's just going to be a huge adventure, I hope that they can stay focused and tell as good a story as they did in the first one, um, just cause they're going to be introducing probably so many more like universes and Spider-Man and stuff. I hope it doesn't get a little bit too confused. Um, but if this is anywhere near as good as the first one, this will be the best movie of the year. And this is my most anticipated movie of the year, Marvel or not. Um, so I just, I'm so excited for, <laughs> for this movie. Yeah, I agree with you. This is way near the top of all the superhero movies, you know, that we've ever seen. Um. I also agree with your other three that you would put up there with the Dark Knight, Infinity War, and Logan. Like all those are amazing movies, um, and the four of them probably are. If I ever were to do like a top, you know, fifty or hundred movie list of all time, uh, that would never be a podcast episode because that would take forever to do. Uh, but they would all be in that in that list. Um, mm-hmm. I'd also think that uh, something that kind of benefits spider-verse in comparison to those other ones is that i think it's easily of those ones that you mentioned like the most watchable on its own um the dark knight i think would be next on the list because you really only have to watch like begins and you don't really need to watch batman begins to to see the dark knight but it does add you know a, a good amount of context um especially for for bruce um but uh for logan 
and Infinity War, like you need to have uh, the background of the franchise leading up to that point in order to really appreciate and understand fully what's going on. Um, Spider-Verse is a movie that anyone, even like unfamiliar with Spider-Man, could absolutely sit down and watch and instantly understand what the character is about and enjoy the movie from start to finish. Um, it just is that good and that clean of a movie. Uh, and yeah, like just one last note about the visuals before I move on to the next one on the list here is uh, the the animators made a point in the first one to make every single frame of the movie be like no matter where you pause it, it could be a comic like panel and it just works so well. They do a lot of interesting things with, you know, like the spider sense where um, there's a scene where Miles, you know, has something like sneaking up on him and right before, you know, it happens, there's like a big look out like visual in the background. Um, and then the danger arrives, like indicating perfectly uh, how his spider sense works, like just warning him in the nick of time every time. And yeah, I mean, we can't say enough good things about Into the Spider-Verse and, and all these reasons really are leading us to expect a lot from across the Spider-Verse and mm-hmm. whatever entries they have coming up next. But yeah, I, I have to slot this right in second place in most anticipated for the year because I'm really looking forward to Dune Part 2. But yeah, yeah, across the Spider-Verse, I'm expecting to be basically like a masterpiece uh, of a yeah. movie. So um that, I see. believe is coming out uh, Christmas time uh, this year, and mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, again, it's, it's a long way off, sick. but it, it, you know, the, the year will be coming around before we know it. So, yeah, uh, across the Spider Verse, number one for Marvel movies mm-hmm. um, for us this year. Um, up next, we have a couple movies that are coming out pretty quick, uh, and so I'll mention them back to back here. Uh, the first is Ant-Man 3, which uh, tickets actually just went on sale at the beginning of this week for mm-hmm. and uh, opens in February. And this movie is supposed to have massive implications for the MCU moving forward. Um, kind of this kickstarting phase five uh, into the multiverse saga where Kang the Conqueror, who we got introduced to in Loki season one, um, well, a variant of him, um, we're going to get a much mm-hmm. less chill, much more conquery variant uh, <laughs> in Ant-Man and, uh, and the Wasp, Quantumania. Um, and I'm expecting just as much, if not more, from Kang than we got from Thanos, which is a mm-hmm. very tall task, but I think if any character is up to it at this point, um, it's Kang. And Jonathan Majors was just yeah. so captivating in that one episode of Loki that he was in. Uh I think he's going to do a spectacular job, and I think this movie is going to set up the next two phases, really, for a lot. And I don't even know what to add at the end of that, like a lot of what. I think it's just going to be a lot. Um, I know phase four was kind of slow for some people, but I think this uh, is like cracking open the door into really what the next couple of phases are all about. And man, we're just going to see some real interesting fireworks coming out of this film yeah i mean this was my most anticipated mcu movie when it was announced more so than anything that's come out ahead of it they didn't technically 
like have it as phase four and five and six. Like they only just defined those last summer. And so this was announced before we knew it was going to be in phase five as opposed to phase four. Um, but it was, this was announced a while ago and this is, has been my most anticipated MCU movie. Um, even more so after Loki. I mean, if you listen to our Loki finale episode, uh, if you haven't go back and listen to it, but we were getting so hype about Kang. And even in the episodes leading up to that, when we were giving our reactions, we're like, it's gotta be Kang. It's gotta be Kang. It's gotta be Kang. And I was almost expecting it not to be. And then when it, it was, you know, he who remains or the, the variant of Kang, uh, we just knew that there was such big things coming down the line. Uh, cause Kang's a guy, a character who has the potential, like you said, to be much more and bigger and more involved than Thanos was. Cause Thanos was mostly in a couple end credit scenes a couple side scenes really not in other than like a background figure uh except for obviously infinity war and endgame um and a little bit in you know guardians one but really again same as that like background figure and kang we know for sure is going to be in at least two movies um obviously this one and then the kang dynasties the avengers one and there's like a pretty decent chance that he's shows up in more than that just those two in some way or another uh we don't know if he'll be you know around for secret wars we don't we don't really know that yet um but like he has the chance to be more present for a longer period of time and um i'm hoping that we get some where the heroes lose i think that was one of the best things about infinity war and in a franchise that has so many entries like the mcu you can do that, and I, I hope that they do that. Um, I don't think it's going to happen necessarily in this movie. I'm, I'm not going to start speculating it too much now, but I think Kang presents a unique opportunity um, for a villain to like defeat the heroes over the course of him appearing and just like build up to be a huge threat. And uh, I'm just excited. Um, last year was a little bit of a letdown for me, MCU-wise, before Black Panther brought it back around and so i'm just excited to be excited for the mcu again and i hope that this sort of kicks off the rest of phase five and six um plus you know paul Rudd's always just a ton of fun so even if the movie's not great which i'm not anticipating i'm expecting it to be really good it's going to be so fun seeing him on screen kind of no matter how good the movie is so yeah yeah i i think you're absolutely right um that Kang should uh, he will and I think he should beat the the heroes and I think it should happen repeatedly especially with the character that has infinite variants that are all uh well not all I can't say that because they're infinite but they're according to you know he who remains at the end of Loki like there are so many more violent and you know conquer mentality variants of Kang out there that are dangerous and that's why he had to keep a lid on the timelines mm -hmm. um thanks sylvie by the way for messing this all up um if anything happens Ooh. to all of these characters like if if ant-man ever dies it's sylvie's fault um mm -hmm. so yeah i i don't know if it'll happen in this movie but it was a really like a breath of fresh air obviously it felt crappy leaving the theater after infinity war when half your favorite yeah. characters died but i think that kang is a unique opportunity for the MCU to kind of break the formula of, uh, you know, they get a lot of flack for uh, the movies kind of being very formulaic and, and, 
you know, they all kind of end the same way. Like, you know, CG fight between a good guy and a bad guy who essentially have the same powers. And then, uh, you know, the good guy wins with, you know, some BS or the power of friendship or whatever. Like uh, the good guys, you know, we've, we're expecting them to win because they're, you know, the good guys. And I think that Kang is a, a really unique opportunity for our heroes to not only lose, but to lose repeatedly and to really set in that sense of like, this guy's unbeatable. Like what, like we, nobody can do anything against Kang. Mm-hmm. Like uh, to have a character and an obstacle like that for the heroes, I think will just make it all the more uh, interesting and satisfying when eventually yeah. down the line, be it, you know, Kang dynasty or secret wars, whenever it happens that they do defeat uh, mm-hmm. Kang, but that's all speculation. We'll see what happens in, yeah. uh, you know, three, four weeks here. As I know, dude, I'm so excited. Quick approaching, but yeah, I, I this has been my most anticipated movie when it got announced as well, and and very much looking forward um, to to what uh, it has yeah. in store, not only for itself uh, but for the rest of the phases uh, yeah. coming out. Honestly, um, next, oh, honestly though, ahead. before you move on, I don't know how. Now that I think about it, I don't know how the heroes could ever lose. They have a character that can literally leave universe, go to disney headquarters and rewrite the story so i don't know how they possibly ever lose ever again so yeah you know if she I mean, hulk ends up defeating the thing <laughs> i'll probably just call it quits on the mcu if i'm being honest uh, all right what's the next one <laughs> but uh the next one is guardians 3 uh sorry guardians of the galaxy volume 3 uh that's coming out uh in the first third of the year as well i believe it's may uh i think so and uh, What's not to love about Guardians so far? The first movie is one of the best in the MCU, hands down. Uh, such, uh, I know, sound like a little bit of a broken record here, but that was such a breath of fresh air when you know it came out. Um, gave us a whole new side to the MCU with crazy, interesting characters that we'd never seen before. Um, brought some kind of essentially back shelf comic characters to the forefront and to being some people's like actual favorite comic book characters whether it's you know star lord or Groot, um or you know gamora or drax or mantis or rocket like they're all interesting in their own way um nobody's favorite is nebula by the way if you say that nebula is your favorite you're lying and i don't believe you um but guardians 3 i think will be you know uh another fun ride um especially after uh you know the beginning of Love and Thunder, which was probably the best part of that movie, if I'm being honest. Uh, but we see Thor and the Guardians split up after you know going on some adventures together, um, and it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, as they go from there. Uh, originally, this was supposed to come out before Love and Thunder, so obviously some rewrites had to happen where um, you know uh, they part ways at the beginning of uh, Love and Thunder instead of you know potentially in Guardians Three, but. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think people are kind of anticipating this will be the last ride for the group as a whole. And I think James Gunn has even confirmed as much. But um, yeah, uh, it, that just gives me all the more anticipation to see what happens in this movie as um, some of our favorite characters we may be saying goodbye to for, you know, the last time here. Yeah, I'm anticipating a couple casualties in this one. Um, I'm not, yeah, I'm not quite sure what's going to happen. I think I would have been slightly more excited for this if it did come out pre-Love and Thunder. I would have loved to see James Gunn's take on Thor, and it would have been much better than Love and Thunder (laughs) gave us. 
uh obviously that still would have come out um but i was looking forward to seeing the guardians and thor interact more i think their uh conversations and just their banter in endgame was was pretty entertaining and in infinity war as well and so i was looking forward to that but that's that's okay um you know they're a group that can totally stand on their own and uh yeah it'll be tough seeing a couple probably casualties or retirements of some kind um i have my predictions on who that might be uh but i won't won't share that here so i'm expecting this one to be pretty emotional um obviously it's going to be very funny just like guardians tends to be um i'm hoping that uh we get to see i'm assuming that they're going to be chasing down gamora trying to find her i'm assuming that's what the the plot's going to be given where the characters left off uh and so i'm i'm curious to see how that goes i kind of hope we get her back in the mcu in some capacity as a hero um and uh yeah i think i think the guardians are character characters that have had a good run a really really good run in the mcu um but i also think they're ones that a few of them when it comes time for them to to say goodbye uh i'll be definitely bummed about it and i think it's going to be you know sad at parts during the movie but i also think kind of tightening up that roster uh and some of the characters they haven't just quite known what to do with in the last few movies um so yeah i'm interested to see how they handle it i think they function better on their own in their own movie than in a big group with everyone else. Um, uh, and so, yeah, I'm excited to see the, the guardians back together, uh, maybe for one last ride. So, and then James Gunn's last ride in the MCU before he goes and takes over the DCU, the new one, the DC new, whatever the heck they're going to call it. <laughs> but yeah, it's going to be good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited for, Whatever James Gunn's gonna do in DC, um, they clearly need a lot of help because they have some of the best comic book characters of all time, and they've completely squandered them over the past decade. Like unfathomably bad movies, like Batman vs Superman and Original Justice League and Wonder Woman 1984, like just utter garbage. Um, and it's a product of them trying to play catch up with the MCU. But I think with a, a firm hand like Gunn leading the directorial charge from uh, the front and having a clear vision of what he wants to do. Um, I mean, I think he's already shown with like the Suicide Squad and uh, the Peacemaker uh, series that he can handle uh, DC's characters. And as long as he has a a clear creative direction, um, Mm -hmm. I think it's going to work out well. But uh, one thing that we didn't mention for Guardians 3 is is Adam Warlock is finally making an appearance. Yeah. Um, it was teased in one of like the 50 end credit scenes of Guardians 2. And it's interesting because in the comics, Adam Warlock, you know, has a huge role in the Infinity Saga. Um, he has the Soul Stone like in his forehead. And obviously the Infinity Stones are not around in this main universe any longer. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what role he plays. But uh, it'll be really awesome to see Adam Warlock on screen. You know, oh, yeah. finally after what, like eight years of, mm-hmm. uh, seven eight years of uh, anticipation for him. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I can't I, believe I think that'll be great. I can't believe my boy Eustace Scrub is going to be walking around without his soul stone. What the heck are they doing to him? Uh, he's just going to spend Poulter the whole graduated. movie. He's going to spend the whole movie just looking for that rock that should have been in his head, and he's just going to miss it. Or maybe they reintroduce the Infinity Stones. I highly doubt that. Uh. But 
you know, yeah, it'll be it'll be cool to see him as a new addition. Um, so yeah, it it should be should be really good. And uh, on the topic of the DCU, uh, <laughs> James Gunn is taking over. Uh, gives me a lot of hope for the new direction. Maybe maybe we'll talk about the DCU as a whole later. We're not going to talk about it now. But it is interesting because there are two movies coming out for DC this year, Aquaman 2 and The Flash, both of which are non-canon before they even come out. <laughs> so, and Shazam. And Shazam. Oh, and Shazam. So three, three movies that are coming out that are already non-canon before they even come out. And one of them, The Flash, everything with Ezra Miller, dude. This, the DC is looking weird this year. Spoiler, none of the DC movies are on our list. <laughs> so yeah, i might go watch one of them but it's just such a weird year for dc uh hopefully james gunn has some good direction for him because i don't know what's going on there right now but yeah they, they got they through coming out so they had a good cast and that was probably the only thing they had going for him but yeah. i mean they just let everybody go essentially so yeah uh maybe fingers crossed we can actually get a decent green lantern out of james gunn that would make me so happy uh we already got one of those no stop it <laughs> Don't say that. You're going to make me mad. Um, Insert the, uh, we told them we've already got one uh, clip from <laughs> Monty Python. <laughs> I told them we already got one. <laughs> uh, uh. All right. Uh, anyway, so that's number three on our list is Guardians 3. Um, and the next two are uh, actually TV shows. And we have an honorable mention as well. Um, so I'll mention the, the TV shows at the same time. Um, the first is, is Loki season two. We alluded to it with... Uh, ant-man 3 and the introduction of uh kang previously um but loki was i think still is the best tv series the mcu has put out so far um in both our opinions and uh like we're just ready to see more it left on such a cliffhanger of him returning to a tva that has obviously been established and and is being run by a different variant and you know mobius didn't even recognize him which was sad after all the rapport they had built up over the season. Um, and so kind of to see Loki and Sylvie, I guess, dealing with the repercussions of her actions in the, the season finale, um, where she kind of unleashes the multiverse by killing he who remains. Um, yeah. Uh, I've been waiting for more Loki since the, the minute the first season ended. And I think everybody's anticipating a, a lot out of this. Yeah. This is uh, my most anticipated show. Oh, well, unless Invincible comes out, Invincible season two. This is my most anticipated TV show of the year. Um, yeah, I'm I'm super stoked for it. I'm really curious to see what Loki does. I hope that he has a bit more to do in it than he did in season one, um, instead of just getting punched the whole time. <laughs> uh, but you know, we've already seen him go through a lot of growth in the first season. Uh, he's, I, if I remember correctly, he's separated from Sylvie when when season one ends off because he gets like sent back and um is in the tva by himself so uh i don't know if like sylvie and he are still together at the end of the the end of the season and i might just be remembering wrong <laughs> um but I'm, I'm so excited to see what happens this is another chance where kang is going to be heavily prevalent i assume and so more opportunity for Kang to be just making himself more of a villain that we get to see a lot of screen time of. So 
I'm assuming that he's going to be pretty present, at least some variant of him. So I guess we add that to Kang Dynasty and Quantumania to have three pretty big uh, appearances for Kang or some variant of him. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for it. Uh, it's it's going to be good. I There's so many cool things that they can do with the time it's not time travel, but I mean, they're able to travel through time by just hopping into the timeline at any given point uh, and being able to, I assume, go between multiverses uh, is going to be pretty cool. So I'm, uh, yeah, I'm excited for Loki and I hope that Mobius and he build that friendship back. And I hope that Mobius gets to ride a jet ski. That's all I want. And I hope that he says, wow, in an Owen oh, Wilson wow. voice. Oh, wow. I also wanted to say ka-chow, but that's like a super deep cut. Uh, a ka-chow. Seriously, <laughs> I seriously doubt he's going to say ka-chow. But, uh, uh, I honestly next, do too. The, the next TV series that we're looking forward to and rounding out our top five most anticipated Marvel entries for the <laughs> year is going to be Secret Invasion. Uh, this has been high on my list since it got announced. It's got delayed you know, several times. And I think this is going to be a fascinating show. Um, Nick Fury is going to be dealing with a, a scroll invasion of earth. As far as I can tell, um, maybe there, there are probably characters that we have seen so far that we know as, you know, X or Y character that have been scrolls the whole time. And people, you know, have made theories about this as to who the most likely candidates are, but I would not be surprised at all to see one or more, established avengers um turn out to be scrolls um i think the whole idea of you know an alien race hiding among humanity with ideas of conquering earth um but you don't like they could literally be anybody uh even the people you you trust most closely i think is a really fascinating premise uh for the show and i think will lead to a, a really you know, hopefully, assuming it's well written, uh, a really entertaining uh, season of television. Yeah, we haven't really seen the uh, the Shield dudes in a while. Uh, I'm excited to see Nick Fury back. I think the last time we saw him was in Far From Home, and so uh, yeah, it'll be awesome to have him back. See what he's been up to, and um, he hasn't been a main character. Or like a leading, he's been a main character. He hasn't been a leading character in anything so far. And so if what we assume to be true is true and that he is kind of the leading character in this, it'll be awesome to see. Um, obviously, Samuel Jackson can carry anything. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's going to be really cool to see more maybe spy thrillery type of thing, more in the Captain America vein than like the giant space battles, uh, just given of the, the nature of who the main cast is going to be. I think. I mean, uh, maybe some of the other people will be in there, like maybe um, War Machine or Sam Wilson, Captain America might might pop in for a little bit. I'm just trying to think of like the low-level heroes that would have more to do with S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, or I guess S.H.I.E.L.D. doesn't exist anymore. Sword, I guess, is the new thing. Um, but yeah, no, I'm excited to, to get back into that. And I don't really know the tone that it's going to be, if it's going to be big action, if it's going to be more espionage type of deal. I'm assuming it'll be more spy thrillery just because it'll be Nick Fury and because it'll be people that literally can transform and be spies. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm excited. This is one of the ones that got announced so long ago that it always seemed like it was years off in the future still and now is 
almost finally here. So, uh, yeah, it's exciting. And, um, yeah, this is the other Disney show other than Loki that I'm really looking forward to. The rest of them, I honestly do not have like a whole lot of excitement for maybe as they get closer, but, um, especially compared to, I think Echo, Ironheart and Agatha are the other three coming out this year. I'm sorry. I, I'll watch them when they come out, but I'm not like jumping for them right now. So, uh, Secret Invasion is one that I definitely am excited for, and um, I'm assuming it and Loki will be those six episode at an hour long each or forty minutes each type of deal. And uh, hopefully, they're able to nail the finales more so than with most of the shows. Um, but we'll we'll see. So, Secret Invasion should be a lot of fun. I think that's coming out in the spring as well, relatively soonish. Um, Oh, and I forgot what if season two is coming out as well. I'm looking forward to that because that's just light and fun. And I was curious to see how much of it tries to pull the same trick where you think they're all unique stories and it brings them all together because they can't really get away with that in the same way. So I wonder if they just run it the same way, if they just have the stories all connect from the beginning or if they actually do just like completely independent what if scenarios each time. Uh, so I'm curious about that, but it falls just below the other two series for me. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, what if season two is absolutely our honorable mention? I think it takes a back seat because it it is canon to the MCU, um, but obviously with being completely different universes, all being you know yanked into one story, but not the main one, and being animated like it feels you know, separate from the main MCU story, even if they end up, you know, hopping universes. So um, it's it's a little bit easier yeah. to not put as much stock into it. Although I thoroughly enjoyed the first season of What If. There are a couple, mm-hmm. you know, episodes that weren't quite as strong as the others, but I think on the whole, it was it was very solid entertainment with, again, some, some pretty cool animation and yeah, answering some questions about, you know, what people had if, like, this happened instead of that. So... I think mm-hmm. it's just a really cool avenue to explore um, where, it, you know, you can have way lower stakes than, than in the, the main story. But um, for me, that would be like number six uh, on my list if mm-hmm. we were going all the way through 10. But uh, yeah, the other stuff that's coming out this year, um, you know, Ironheart, Echo, Agatha, and uh, like the Marvels, the Marvels. movie. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to go see, I'm still excited for those, but definitely not on the same level as our top Step five. Down. So yeah, just to sum and, up, it's, uh, it's across the spider verse, um, Ant-Man three guardians three, and then Loki season two and secret invasion TV shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And honestly, I got to add this in on what if this might make it seem like I'm more excited for it than I actually am. But what if, uh, the episodes with the zombies and with Killmonger, uh, being Iron Man, uh, those are currently or the episode of being our Black podcast. Panther, right? Being Killmonger is not Iron Man, dog. Being Black Panther, Killmonger's not. Oh wait, and what if? No, he's not Iron Man, dog. Is he not? No. And what if? Wait, am I tripping? Am I? He obviously he's Black Panther in Black Panther. No, he's just like with Tony Stark and then he kills him. He doesn't become Iron Man. Oh, what if he rescued Tony Stark and he yeah, becomes yeah, yeah. he gets access to the drones and stuff. Yeah. He oh, I see. Become Iron Man. I I knew I wasn't tripping. 
Well, you 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 said he was the Black Panther, so you were also wrong too. <laughs> okay, but he's like the Black Panther stand-in of the okay. group. Okay, yeah, yeah. Regardless, if uh, if Killmonger rescued Tony Stark, right? But that the episode of our podcast in which we covered those two episodes is to date our single most streamed episode <laughs> of the Two Brothers podcast. Ooh! So the so people you have a special place in our heart for what if is what you're. So saying. the people love what if. Uh, obviously that was a different time in our recording and release schedule, <laughs> but, uh, hey, the people love what if, so we know we're going to put out some hitters when that comes out. And so I'm looking forward to that for at least that reason. And, uh, yeah, we appreciate everyone who listens. <laughs> yeah. Even if you don't uh, show up the know... same for all the episodes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, we do this for us, not for, not for the fans, you know. Um, but yeah, if, let us know. We don't even have a comment section, but if there were, let us know what your most anticipated things are for this year. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, there's, you know, we only put five on each of our lists for uh, for Marvel and then non-Marvel. Um, but obviously, there's way more than that coming out this year. Oh, yeah. So there's there's much to, to look forward to in 2023. Um, but yeah, let us know if uh, there's something that we missed or something we should be on the lookout for. Um, but uh yeah, I think that'll do it for our for our most anticipated twenty three. We'll we'll probably take a look back at the end of the year, um, not only to the you know the year in review, but we'll look at uh, this episode in particular and and see kind of where our expectations you know were met or or not met mm-hmm. uh, for each of these entries, and then stuff that surprised us and ended up being better than what we were looking forward to most. Oh yeah, so we'll absolutely. Look forward to that in the future. Go and watch movies in theaters. I yes. don't want everything getting kicked straight to streaming. I want theaters alive as long as possible. Go watch some movies this year. <laughs> yes. Movies like Avatar can't keep theaters open by themselves. Y'all got to go see everything in theaters. Go well, not everything. everything. You know, certain things are made for the theater, though, and you should definitely see what's intended to be on the big screen on the big screen. Uh, I got to give oh, yeah. a, a little shout out to our mother here uh, who watched the first part of Dune um, at my recommendation uh on her phone on an airplane and then said to me yeah it was okay but i didn't get why you liked it so much (laughs) yeah diane because you watched one of the most epic visual performances of all time on a phone and you couldn't hear what was going on because you're sitting by the engine that's tough now that's tough what did you expect oh boy anyways uh that's gonna do it for our uh, episode today We'll uh, we'll have a chat next time, and uh, we'll see you guys then. Catch you then. Deuces. Peace.